You're listening to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, episode 37. This week, we're revisiting the best songs of 1987. Let's journey back, where The Simpsons was just a short on the Tracy Ullman Show, Starbucks was finally available outside of Seattle, Gordon Gecko declared greed is good, Vizzini said that losing a battle of wits is inconceivable, Dark Helmet realized his Schwartz was as big as mine, and Bigsby Snyder's <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar phrase became all the rage in New Detroit. <laughs> anyway, it smells like Alex is boiling some rabbit, so it might be a good time to visit your host, Rob Hyphen, and the original running man, Jacob Newkirk. Hey, Jake, what's going on, man? That's awesome. That was some great pop culture there. <laughs> I applaud you. <laughs> Thank you. Was there... um? Some uh, RoboCop in there? There was some RoboCop in there, yeah. yeah. I thought I heard. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> that's it. That's the one. <laughs> the new Detroit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me get my notes. Okay. <laughs> and I forgot. A, I remember a Tracy Ullman show, seeing those Simpsons skits on there. Yeah, that was the first That was the first year they came out. Is 1987. Yep. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, welcome to the Dirty Dozen Podcast, where we discuss the best 12 songs from 1987 while enjoying a drink or two. I'm Rob. And I'm Jake. And we're doing this via Zoom because Jake is all sick-like. Yep. But uh, he, he seems to be fine. He's just, it seems to be a regular sickness. Yeah, it's so, not the Rona. No fears. <laughs> not the Rona yet. It might oh, be. I hope not. Well, we'll see. You know, you have to get tested and then figure all that stuff out. But I'll be all right. Yeah. Famous last words, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for doing this anyway. I know it's not fun when you're sick. Well, it's probably fun yeah. anytime. It is fun. Yeah. <laughs> So I'd like to thank everybody who's been active and joining in on our conversations on Facebook with a special shout out to Alex Hennon, Tina Wells, Linda Breach, Michael Smith, and Tanya Davitt. Thank you so much for being active. Looking back at 1987, TV shows, Full House, Married with Children, 21 Jump Street, and Remote Control all debuted in 87. And the top movies were The Running Man, Princess Bride, RoboCop, Good Morning Vietnam, Lethal Weapon, Full Metal Jacket, Predator, and The Lost Boys. So anything stand out to you in that whole mess? Wow, a whole bunch. It's funny because like when I think about 87, I don't think it as being so monumental, but all those movies you named and even going through like the releases for this year, yeah, yeah. the music stuff, I was surprised at how much came out and not even just like the mainstream stuff. A lot of the other stuff that is like kind of more underground, I was like, what? That's 87? So it's just a weird year in the whole decade of the 80s to me this for me was one of the harder ones to do just because i could have done a top 50 there was just that much good stuff there yeah straight in but we always kind of say that sort of thing sure anyway what are you drinking today i probably robitussin that was my guess yeah not yet not yet although i should make a, a cocktail with that i have a few drinks here well i'll start with the boring one well maybe it's not boring it's Water. Caffeine water. Oh, caffeine water. Good. I, I saw caffeine water, so I got that. And I do have some Old Crow with okay. uh, a little bit of, um, what's it called? Yeah, my mind's not working so good. Whiskey. <laughs> Bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's the uh, little, the drops, you know, the. <laughs> bitters? You're talking about bitters. I'm yeah, sure. the bitters. You got it. That's what I was trying to think <laughs> of. The Angostro bitters. And then I have an 805, which. It's it's not like the best beer, so I just have to go on record saying like it's it's good. But I think people always like rave about it. I'm like it's okay. So yeah, it, don't if, get excited if you're a, if you love pilsners and that's your bag. It's a good beer. Mm. If you 
drink Bud Light all the time and you want to step it up a little notch and have right. an 805, you're good. For a decent price, yeah. yeah. We were supposed to have this awesome Kool-Aid drink, and I figured it wouldn't make sense if we both weren't drinking it. So I decided to go with one of my staples, but also something that was around in the 80s, which is a Manhattan, which is what I'm drinking here. Yep. I have it with Sazerac and... You know, I have my bitters in here too, and I have some vermouth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Do you muddle any? Uh, cherries I have some cherries that are muddled in there as well. There you go. Of course I do. You got to muddle. This is me. <laughs> and then I figured I wanted to try to figure out what would be sort of like a wine cooler, and you can't go get wine coolers anymore, just because I don't think my body. I think you me. can. Oh. Yeah, but but I think my balls drop off if I pick one up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to go with uh, the Arnold Palmer, the spiked Arnold Palmer that I will have as a backup, and I have a couple of yeah, those. Yeah, those are good. I've had I've had that before. It's good with a little water. That's not you know I don't have caffeinated water, so I'll be switching yeah. between those three drinks as we go. Yeah. Before we begin, we'll be critically reviewing specific songs. And we'll share under 20 seconds of each tune unless there is a specific issue or criticism that we may need to highlight. Then we may do a second clip. We've made Apple Music and Spotify playlists. Just search Official Dirty Dozen on either service to listen to each of our lists in their entirety. This way, all the money for playing tunes will always head back to each artist. We've also created a current episode Dirty Dozen podcast playlist, which will automatically update with each podcast to the current podcast. So subscribe once and always be updated. Look for the link to the YouTube playlist as well, because sometimes... Music sounds better when you see it. All right, Jake. What is your song of note from the year 1987? Oh, my God. It's so long ago. All right. I was diving into all the releases of that year and kind of looking through the list and was surprised while researching at how many extreme metal bands that were around that time that had significant albums like Death, Mayhem, Venom, Bathory, like a lot of these ones that, you know, are, are very um, infamous in the underground scene. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I was just kind of blown away. I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of weird. Again, that 1987 has that significance there. So I went with a band called Napalm Death. Okay. This song is off the debut album and it's called You Supper. This is my song of notes. What's special about it is that it's actually listed in the Guinness Book of Records as the world's shortest song. And I think it's it's precisely like 1.3 something seconds long. Oh, wow. So okay. So let's this listen. is the song, You Suffer. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Off of Scum by Napalm Death. Here we go. The end. I don't like the way it ended. It was kind of, you know, I was expecting that it was building, 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 and then it just kind of let yeah. me down at the end. And then there was no bridge. And the, and so the guitar always... solo was kind of off. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of, you know, we're, we're big SOD fans, and it reminds mm. me of um, that song, Momo. Where it's just like, Momo, and it's over with. But yeah, anyway, it's having fun with it just because I didn't realize that that album came out that year, and I I knew that that song was on there, so. Okay, I didn't didn't have a lot of commentary on that one, but that was interesting that it was was the (laughs) shortest one ever. That that makes, that's pretty cool. I kind of like that. All right, so my song of note is going to be something that's not metal. I decided to go with a song that has some mandolin in it, some penny whistle, which is very metal, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's by a band called The Hooters, and the song is Johnny B. And it came out that year, and it's just something I always kind of like the groove of. The verse is powerful, it builds great. Chorus is catchy. It says green light turns to red. I kind of like some of that. There's harmonica in it, so you may like it. 
and the solo has a nice feel. I thought it originally was about a girl, but it's really about drug addiction, which kind of makes sense. <laughs> a popular song, and it was more popular abroad. This was really big for them in Europe. This was like number one or number two in Europe, and it didn't quite have that same effect here. But I guess I have European uh, blood in me somewhere. So okay. when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is a really good song, because I went through every song that came out that year, uh, besides that one song from Scum. <laughs> Johnny B from the Hooters. Have you heard the song, Jake? Mm-mm. All right. I don't so, think so. Maybe if I hear it, I'll know. But okay, so let's listen to Johnny B from the Hooters. My song of note. That was Johnny B. That was my song of note. Yeah, never heard of that. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. It hit me. I'm like, oh my God, I know that song. Like, oh, yeah. You ever get those? It's just like, I heard it sometime in my life. And, you know, I'm into Hooters generally. <laughs> it makes sense. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. There's like a song that you'll hear like, oh man, that's like brings me back. And it's just like these feelings tie with it. And you, you right. really know what And it's just weird. It's, it's the weird thing. It's like, what? Yeah, that's cool. All right, Jake. We've done Song of Note. You know what comes next. Drinking. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. Uh, what is your number 12 song from 1987? All right. We're jumping in now. We are jumping in deep. This might be debatable. I think some people would think this should be up higher. But I went with the Michael Jackson song off of that Bad album. Sure. The song I went with was The the Way You Make Me Feel. Okay. Um, it's one of the better songs on the album. It's one a great pop R&B song about being in love. And even though the video is kind of of him being a predator in the streets and like stalking this woman, but sure. it's, a, it's a significant album and essential for 1987, I think. Yeah, I mean, Michael Jackson, that year of bed was probably the yeah. album for years to come. I mean, for I sure. remember all those videos. I mean, heck. Weird Al, I think, made multiple videos from <laughs> Bad. <laughs> yeah, he capitalized on that one, too. So, you know, if uh, he makes multiple from one album, yeah, it's, it's a pretty a big album. And you it know, had, um, in that Bad video, too, Wesley Snipes was in that one, too. Oh, yeah, it was, it's, everything uh, was great. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> the way you make me feel. And he's got that really amazing vibe. If, if, if you don't remember who Michael Jackson is, he was a member of the Jackson 5. <laughs> yeah. And he did a couple solo albums. <laughs> <laughs> A handful. Yeah. And uh, he was known for doing those those ads for... Uh, Pepsi? No, it was well, for Pepsi when he got his hair caught on fire, right? Yeah. And then he worked for The Gap. I don't remember that. All kids' pants half off. Pants half <laughs> that was the joke. Now I remember. No, I, I had to go there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that whole Leaving Neverland documentary <laughs> on HBO. If you want to really get weirded out, watch that. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I don't know if I, I want to. I can imagine parents would be into that. Anyway, back to yeah. uh, the great music of Michael Jackson. Let's just focus on the good stuff. Yeah. So the way you make me feel, off with bad. Jake's number 12. song 
Yeah. It was about Macaulay Culkin, actually. Stop. <laughs> 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 Corey. Corey Feldman, maybe. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, it's really not funny, but it is just a little bit. <laughs> All right. So I guess I have to go my number 12 now, huh? Yep. So that's how this works. You know, it's my first time doing it. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're episode 37, by the way. It's pretty Man. cool. Man. Yeah. Now, this one is done by a band. This is the first video they've ever done, and they've been around for at forever. And the name of the band is The Grateful Dead. Yeah, we have the same number 11. Wait, oh, is it 12? No, it's my 12, but. Oh, sorry. So we're close. So I know what your number 11 is. <laughs> Oops. It's the Robotus and Doug. <laughs> uh, Touch of Grey. Yep. Is my number 12. The bass and the acoustic and the great you know, music scape around it. I was one of the people who came to the dead from this album, even though most Grateful Dead fans really think it's a poser thing to do. Mm. Because, of course, any Grateful Dead fan should come to the dead the way that the, the fans came to it, which is through concerts and through the old albums. Be happy. I have went back and I listened to all the old albums, and I like all the old albums as well. Although I would never consider myself a deadhead. Um, yeah. Great line. Every silver lining's got a touch of gray. I will get by. Seems like something that everybody can relate to today. The Dead first performed this in 82, and they played it for a while, but eventually even the deadheads have come to love this song. When Jerry Garcia went into a diabetic coma in July of 86, and when he came back, the group opened with that, his first show back. Mm. And I mean, he's dead now, but yeah. for a while, it's like, you know, hey, I will survive, I will get by. This is their first and only hit song, even though they have a lot of really good songs. And the video was pretty cool because it had all of those skeletons. Yeah. And it was like a marionette. And it would yeah. cut between them and the skeleton versions of them wearing their same clothes, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, a memory I have, too, of, of being fascinated by that music video because they were, yeah, the skeletons playing music and just being like, whoa, this is this is cool. And being uh, seven or whatever at the time. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm also not a big fan. I'm not a very big fan of the dead even today. And having gone back and even revisited some of their stuff, it's just they're, they haven't been that kind of band for me. And I have friends who are big into them. It's like that joke, like, what did the deadhead say when he ran out of drugs? And he says, uh, this music sucks, you know. <laughs> You're right. But this song, I think, appeals to the more broad classic rock audience it's certainly gave them more mainstream attention so i think that's why it kind of stands out more than their other songs in their catalog yeah i remember getting this album and the cd and listening to the whole thing and once again when i purchased a cd it meant something and i listened yeah. every song on this album is outstanding i really enjoyed this album straight through every song on it really like so i went with this one because this is the one people would know and yeah. It's the first song that brought me to it, too, with the video, as you said. Anything else on the docket for Touch of Grey? No, just that it's a good number 11. It's a good number 12. <laughs> but all it's right. kind of cool. We're, we're pretty close there. That's good. Yeah, we really are. I, I have a feeling <laughs> this one, out of all of the ones we've done, uh, just because I think that the ones that have to be noticed, if you really just circle them, there's going to be a lot similar. We're not going to hit all 12. Yeah. But we're right. going to hit, I, my guess is we're going to hit more than four. That's just my guess. And we hit one already from the first yeah. one I said. So <laughs> right. I'm not really going out on a limb here. Uh, anyway, here's my number 12 and Jake's 11. It's Touch of Grey by The Grateful Dead. Sorry that you feel that way. The 
Touch of Grey, my number 12, and Jake's number 11. My number 11 is an Australian band, hmm. but probably not the one you're expecting, and it's probably one that you have on your list, too. I um, do. It's uh, <laughs> Midnight Oil, yep. and the song is Beds Are Burning, yep. and that's my number 11. Horns are amazing, and the, the bass line is almost like a Peter Gunn sort of bass line. I kind of like it. I'm not usually a huge fan of political music. But this is kind of great. The chorus is catchy and iconic. The vocal delivery and the verse reminds me of like Johnny Rotten in the PIL days. Mm. I don't know. It's a, his delivery is kind of weird. But it's good. I love the percussive choices, which I'm sure is one of the reasons you like the song. And the verse transitions to the chorus are great. Right before they did this album, they did a tour with the Rarumpy Band. And they called it the Black Fellow White Fellow Tour. Okay? Oh, yeah. And they actually went into the heartland of Australia, back into the outback, and they did shows. And the first show they did with all the lights, people were really turned off. And they ended up getting really folky by the end of it, because that's what they were used to listening to. And they went through this whole tour, and it really awoke them to the, the plight of the Aborigines. And Peter Garrett is very political. He actually almost left the band. He ran for yeah. uh, a senator, I think, in... 84, but lost. He was part of the Nuclear Disarmament Party. I wonder how they lost. And actually, in 2004, when he left the band, when Midnight Oil is no more, he was elected to the House of Representatives in Australia for the Labor Party. This is ranked the number one Australian album of all time, Diesel and Dust, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. But about this song, Beds Are Burning, Peter Garrett says, in retrospect, it was a song we were born to record. It's got bits to make it work, strong rhythm, good melody, and lyrics with some punch. And it's being very, and it's a very Aussie song. It's incredible to see mm. how much it gets played all around the place. Who would have thought an Aboriginal land rights song would travel that far? Yeah, I guess when you think about just the song when they were writing it, they probably didn't realize, but it is <clears throat> kind of how you mentioned. It's super catchy, and now it's just such an iconic song. Everyone loves this song, you know. Um, even if they don't know another, like I only probably know one other song by them. It's that Blue Sky Mile or something. Yeah, if yeah. you played me another song, I, I wouldn't have ever heard it probably in my life before. Yeah, but, yeah Blue Sky Mile is the next album. Yeah, my, yeah. I, I even I also made a comment about the weird vocal styling of like, there's just things about the song that it it shouldn't work, but it does. And I really love the bass tone. I think was really cool. What stuck out to me, it's like you can hear the pick on the strings. Like it's that grit. And Peter Garrett's just a weird looking dude. He's kind of scary so there's just something about like the video the song everything was just kind of that perfect storm for it and he reminds me of there's like this scary actor who was in like the hills have eyes and everything he's a, a horrible looking guy but he reminds me of of this guy peter garrett and if you probably google him you could see it but yeah for me if you've ever seen ever played the game hitman which is a pretty obscure game but it's a game that's that's been out for a while i used to be uh, i used to work at a video game store so i've seen all these games anyway he looks like the the hitman in there just a little bit. <laughs> he looks like a lot of scary people. It's, he looks like every bald man ever. Let's just say that. Yeah. He looks a little like Kojak, if you really think about it. <laughs> <coughs> Give him a lollipop, boom, Kojak. There you go. Like that. Oh, anyway. Let's listen to my number 11, Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil. I've never 
Yeah, the bass is incredible on that. Yeah, this, I'm totally such with gritty you. tone. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Oh golly! All right, we already know your number eleven is Touch of Grey. Yep. So, what is your number ten, my friend? All right, number ten. Moving on. It's a band I, I mentioned when we did the '89. They had an album in '87, The Colts Electric. I kind of figured this song would be in there. But yeah. I, I wonder if it's the right, well, the same song, but like, probably Love Removal Machine, right? I mean, yep, it's yep, got to yep. be though. As you know, probably Rick Rubin jumped in on on this album, directed them kind of to be a little more hard rock, I guess, on this this album. Although it, I don't know, I wouldn't say it was more hard rock than the others, but I think that was their ambition. Anyway, but this song it's definitely in the cult greatest hits to me. This song totally stood out to me as well. It didn't quite make my list, but I figured that you know it would probably be on yours because you're a cult head. Yeah, uh, I love cults. Ian Ashbury said this song was like. Getting on your favorite motorcycle. He goes, I could sing anything. It's just what came to me. The phrase came to mind. That's what it felt like. A love removal machine. So let's take a listen to Love Removal Machine by The Cult. Jake loves The Cult. Here's number 10. sidebar i was like why does that song always like pull me in it kind of sounds like start me up but a little bit different oh i hear just it a now. little bit yeah just a little bit in there and i was like why is that the beginning i was like i think it's the the sparse guitar parts i don't know maybe that's yeah, what it is. yeah. yeah. Huh. i mean obviously the vocal and the rest of the song is completely different you should do a but mashup with that you probably could anyway let's listen <laughs> Nah, that's a good tune. Yeah. I'm totally on board with that. And that was one of the ones that I had on the fringe of my 12. I had a feeling it would, would be in your list, so I'm not surprised that it was super close then. On that note, my number 10, jumping in. We're moving along quickly, folks. This is <laughs> Speed Round. It's by Motley Crue off the Girls, Girls, Girls album. And, of course, the song is Girls, Girls, Girls. I remember I was 16. I saw the video. And I enjoyed the topic. <laughs> the weird thing is, if you listen to Tommy's cymbals, it almost sounds like it says a flanger on it. At this one mm. point, it's just interesting. I was like, oh my gosh, what's that? There could be some uh, effects in there. Big guitar chord uh, after the motorcycle in the beginning. Groove is great. I love the pronunciation of motorcycle when he goes motorcycle. Yeah. In there. They go through all of the strip clubs, uh, dollhouse. Uh, in Fort Lauderdale, Tattletales, Atlanta, and in LA, the Seventh Vale Body Shop in Tropicana, and a couple other ones, Crazy Horse and Marble Arch, I guess. Um, but I have not been to any of them. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought they were all on Sunset. I didn't know they were on uh, other in other locations. And it's interesting if you search for this on YouTube, there are two versions of the video for this. There is the regular one, and there is the uncensored one. It's a strip club video, so you can imagine what the uncensored one is. And I was surprised that that's just on YouTube. But the song did really well. It was really racy for the time. And hence, it got my attention as a 16-year-old, as you would imagine it would. 
So uh, I, I really enjoyed this song. Oh, it's funny, though. When they're riding around on motorcycles, Mick Mars does not ride a motorcycle. Everybody else does. So when oh, you no. see it, it's him on the back of a truck with the camera. And he's on a motorcycle on the back of a truck. But you can't tell that with the way they cut it. But oh. they said they always laughed when they looked at it because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like everybody else is riding their motorcycle and their hogs. Oh, I'll have to watch and pay attention. And, and Mick Mars is just riding like this. And he's, he's <laughs> on his motorcycle and doing all that, too. But he's he's on one of those movie carts. Right. Those uh, Hollywood effects things. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I had this album in my list early on, but I was actually going to go with the song Wild Side instead, but I didn't. No, there's a couple songs on this album you can go with. Let's listen to my number 10, Girls, Girls, Girls. Here we go. That's my number 10, Girls, Girls, Girls. And, you know, I think they should have just added another Girls just for the heck of it. So, be Girls, 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 Girls. It should have just been Girls, etc. <laughs> girls Cubed. All right. <laughs> All right. From a song about girls to my number nine, it's a song with girls. It's a band called Heart. Ooh. And they came out with an album called Bad Animals yep. in 87. And they had a huge hit on it. The song was Alone. And that's my number nine. There you go. I was going to put this in there because it they didn't write it. Because uh, I just discovered, I thought that was their song. And then I found out that it was previously done. And it was also done by John Stamos. So I didn't put it in there. But I'm glad you did because I, it is a good song. And I, w- I wanted it to be in these lists. <laughs> Yeah, after 1985, they started relying on songwriters. All their old stuff is all theirs. You know, Barracuda and all that stuff. It's all theirs. Right, the hard rock stuff. This was done by Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. Yeah, I don't know either. They're studio guys, and Kelly actually ended up singing high harmony parts on this actual track. Uh, It was number one in the U.S., Hot 100. So it was the first heart song that was a hit in England. It was the number three in England. Anyway, the piano in the beginning sets the perfect mood for the song. When the guitar and drums come in, you feel the passion and tension wrap up. It's so good. I love the soaring vocals in it. And the solo is really well-structured and good. Let's listen to Alone. Are you going to play the, uh, the John Stamos version? Okay, why not? Let's listen. I always fed well on my Yeah, that's about as much as I can take. You see, sometimes there is groups that may do a cover, and you may see maybe another cover in my list, but sometimes they do it so much better that it stands on its own. It makes it their own song, kind of. Even like if you think like Higher Ground, yeah. last time we talked about, for Red Hot Chili Peppers. Chili Peppers, yeah. That kind of made me love them. And Alone didn't necessarily make me love Heart, and reminded me heart was there and they're awesome yeah to me it sounds almost identical they're both good i was just i was surprised john stamos has a little better voice though right? <laughs> yeah yeah him and ann wilson they're right there right <laughs> but i was just blown away that that 
not only did he do that, but he did it before they covered it. Like he was the one who, and whoever else he did that with was like the ones who did it. So well, it's it's songwriters that happens. That happens so often yeah. Yeah, that totally. a song will hit and somebody will sing it and do a demo for it or do a, a song for it and have it released. And then two or three years later, some big band gets it. Yeah. Blows up. And it blows up. So that's just how it happens. So let's listen to number nine alone from heart. funny thing is that Ann Wilson and John Stamos were singing about the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just a complete sidebar. <laughs> As I said, I read it someplace. Well, I wrote it down and I read it and I believe everything I read. <laughs> and now it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Jake, what is your number nine, my friend? The song Rick Astley is never going to give you up. It had to be on this list somewhere, and it just, for me, it landed right at a nine. You can't ignore the song if you're talking about 1987, right? It's it's kind of a joke these days, um, but it's Or if catchy. you want to see naked pictures of Kim Kardashian, just click here. <laughs> Never gonna what? give you up. No, no that's how oh. they it started. It used oh, to be Rick rolling. Rick yeah, yeah. yeah, they yeah. used to put like these big headlines, and, like, <laughs> and people would click it and be like, Never gonna give you yep. up. <laughs> it was clickbait there. That's all it was. They yeah. put like the most outrageous things on there and they get people to click on it and it would be Rickroll. And then they, they smack their forehead because they fell for it. Right. It'd be like, but it's, yeah, it's, it's catchy as all heck, this song. And it's amazing how that voice comes out of this little white dude. Oh, um, I know. He's done some covers of songs you wouldn't expect Rick Ashley to do really? uh, during this Corona thing. Yeah. He did Everlong by the Foo Fighters. Wow. Yeah, and you wouldn't expect him to do that. He kills it. He absolutely kills it. I'm intrigued. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. And I'll put a link to everybody. The electronic drums, the cheesy keys, his great yeah. voice. And I love the memes with WWRWND, which is what will Rick never do. And there's something he's never going to give you up. He's never going to let you down. He's never going to run around. He's never going to hurt you. He's never gonna, That's good. You know, and it goes through the whole list. And they used to be a big meme for a while. That's funny. He didn't actually write the song either. Mm -mm. He was working for a studio for a number of years. The people around him wrote a song for him because they realized he's a good singer. It was great. This was number one in the UK for five weeks, actually. And of course, it was number one here in the US. There's a really cool pop-up video. VH1 used to do these pop-up videos for it. Oh, yeah. I love those. Yeah. So you can check that out. Just search it on YouTube. I'll tell you what. I'll put the pop-up video in the YouTube yeah. videos for this. You so. should. That's a good one. So let's check that out and let's listen to Rick Ashley, Never Gonna Give You Up. I just wanna tell you how I'm feeling. Gotta make you understand. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around and desert you. Never gonna make you cry. Never gonna say goodbye. All right. I was Rick Rolled. You done got Rick Rolled. <laughs> no, it's a good song. It's an important song. I say that. So what's your number eight? Okay, this one is from George Michael's debut solo album. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Really? Come on now. You have to have 
come George on, Michael come... in it. <laughs> really, um, did Rachel just make this list for you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, maybe I was thinking about this. I'm like, why does some of the, I don't know, the more cheesy ones stand out to me? And it's because I, I think I was just listening to what my mom listened to at the time. And come on, he was established as like the macho sex icon with his stubbly beard, his leather jacket, his tight jeans. Wait, the macho? His dangling earring. <laughs> <laughs> his rainbow shirt. <laughs> But yeah, that stubble that like, he looked like the renegade. Remember that show, Renegade? I don't know. But I I will say, I mean, that album had a lot of great singles. That was such a a definitive album, I think. This is the title track of the album, Faith. I think it stands solid. Okay, I was was expecting you to go with the I Want Your Sex one. No, no, no. I think Faith, well, they're both, they're both good. But actually, I almost went with uh, Father Figure. Yeah, that's another one. (laughs) See, I have three sisters. You know, I, I heard the, all of this stuff. Yeah, you're done with George Michael. Yeah. Well, I yeah. just had a mom who had a crush on George Michael. So. Well, it's kind of funny. Just, yeah, and she was not going to, it was not going to happen. <laughs> if you had a crush no, on yeah. George Michael, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny, though. This is just complete sidebar. My sisters did like, we used to film ourselves doing videos. And they did like Wham! And they yeah. did George Michael. And they did that. And I saw a video of me, and I want to find it, but I don't know where it's going to be or what I can you find. You better it. find it. It's me. I had have red parachute pants on. MC and, and you see me, and I have an elf puppet. Yeah. And I have some some of my sister's dolls up there. And I did Don't Feed the Bears by M.O.D. <laughs> <laughs> because the elf had a guitar on it. So you can play, you can move the... the, the yeah, the, like puppet, the puppet, so it looks like it was playing. Turn, 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 turn. Anyway. Oh, that's it, funny. It, it's completely sidebar, but it was the juxtaposition of what we were listening to. I would I would pay moment. money to see this. I have to find it. I really want to find <laughs> yeah. it. It's probably on VHS, so it's going to take some time to get that transferred over. Yeah, but, we'll do uh, it. But we can do it somehow. So anyway, what was this? M.O.D. we're doing? <laughs> no, yeah. it was George Michael. M.O.D.'s George Michael. version of faith. Of faith, faith, faith. <laughs> I got to have faith, faith, faith. <laughs> Baby, I actually know the whole song, which is kind of scary. Of course anyway, you do. Everybody does, I guess. Yeah. Everybody who has sisters or people who know Jake. Or <laughs> mom. <laughs> anyway. <this> is... <laughs> All right. Let's listen to Faith by George Michael. Oh, It's funny, Spotify plays a little video along with it. <laughs> That's great. You know, it's funny, whenever I, I see him, it reminds me of our buddy Stephen Peacher. I think he was inspired by uh, that George Michael era with his his stubble. <laughs> and if Stephen listens to this, then he'll, uh, he'll have some words. He'll probably be like, I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I guess it's time for my number eight. My number eight is from a soundtrack. But the soundtrack actually delivered the song. It was from Less Than Zero. And the name of the band was The Bangles. And they did a cover of a Simon and Garfunkel song, which I never knew was a Simon Garfunkel song until I did research for this podcast. I always thought of this as a Bangles song. It's called Hazy Shade of Winter. And 
The guitar hook is amazing. I was like, wait, what? Is this the bangles? The climbing bass line. The unison singing, they do unison singing through the, almost the entire song. Susanna Hoffs does a little part that he, she does by herself. But mostly it's the whole thing. And uh, this was a huge hit for them. It hit number two on the Billboard charts. They were saying that if they hadn't messed up so much as a band, this would have been the turning point for them. And it uh, was pr produced by Rick Rubin, go figure. The whole soundtrack album was produced by Rick. The music video is great if you want to check it out. It's fantastic. You ever, you ever hear this song? I don't think so. Let me really? hear it. Oh, it's so I don't good. know. I'll have yeah. to... Uh... See. Yeah, when I when I saw that Less Than Zero soundtrack was on this year, I was like, oh, that means that song's on there. I'm like, yay. And I, and I had a check to make sure that it hadn't been released previously, but it had not. They used to play it, though. They played it live since March of 83 as just a cover that they used to do in their, their set. Huh. So when they came up to do uh, something for the soundtrack, like, hey, we've had this thing we've done forever. So oh, okay. let's do that. And Rick Rubin... Did a good job with the producing of it. Let's listen to the Bangles, Hazy Shade of Winter, off the Less Than Zero soundtrack. My number eight. Anyway, it's a killer song. <laughs> and the bass is just killer in it, too. I just love it. Yeah, I didn't recognize it until that chorus part, and then it, it was familiar. But I had no idea what it was until that point. Yeah, for me, it was, I remember watching that video, and I was like, oh, my God, I like the bangles. <laughs> Although I did like with the Walk Like an Egyptian with Susanna mm. Hoffs. I mean, how can mm. you not? But when I saw this, I was like, this is good. This is good. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> At this point, uh, and this is before the Egyptian thing, Robert Downey Jr. was in the movie and a couple other things in the movie. I don't know if I've ever seen the movie, but I remember watching the video and it has clips all through it. So I feel like I've seen the movie, but I've seen the <laughs> movie through the video. So there you go. You've seen enough. <laughs> I've seen enough. I was looking, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for, which is my number seven <laughs> from YouTube. Great Joshua segue. Tree. <laughs> I tried to. It always amazes me how the Edge has mastery over those delays and effects that he plays with. Yeah, he and plays the pedals more than he does guitar, I feel like. No, but he's, <laughs> he's fantastic. The way he strums, the way he does everything is so precise. Everything is so precise. Mm. He has to use the same exact guitar. I watched Premier Guitar has a rig rundown on the Edge, and it's crazy. He goes on tour with 46 guitars. Wow. And because he has to use the guitar that he recorded yeah, that song with. To get with. that sound, yeah. And he has to have a backup of that guitar should he break a string. And the poor tech has to have all of them ready to go. Yeah. Every song. And he's like, the tech they interviewed, and he's like, yeah, everybody else is going out to drink and party, and I'm here going through all of this stuff. And he has amps the same sort of way. He's got, like, combo amps <laughs> for a stage. He's got, I think it's like 15 combo amps that he has to have ready. And then he has backups. And they have to be set to the exact number, and he'll know if the guitar that he's given is not set to the volume percentage where it needs to be. It's not tuned to the everything. It's crazy. Well, good um, thing he's in such a huge band because you can't get away with that kind of uh, oh, I know, but, stuff. <laughs> but but he's listening for that. He's that sort of perfectionist. Yeah. And mm -hmm. a lot of times people are like, oh, well, he just plays with the delays. But if 
if that's all you had to do, everybody would be as good as him. And everybody's not. I always write the lyrics to the song as God was searching for you for like the part, first part of it. And then you still haven't found what you were looking for. <laughs> You're still searching. And mm. the verse is God's point of view. And the, the chorus and the third verse seems to be somebody from searching. So anyway, that's huh. how I kind of always took it. I like that. Uh, Bono's delivery is voice are amazing. The bass, if you just step back and you take the clutter and push it away and listen to the bass, it's really good. The Edge came out with the title and the melody. And Bono wrote the lyrics, of course. Bono always called it as a gospel song with a restless spirit. And the Edge thought the intro felt like a reggae band doing Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, interesting. This won the Grammy for this song, right? For best rock performance. Everybody accepted the award except for one person. Adam Clayton, the bass player. Mm-hmm. He did not accept the the ward on stage with the rest of the band because he was in the bathroom. Uh, that was the moment he went to the bathroom and oh, then man. they went to the next category was their category and they went up and he was still in the bathroom. It's just kind of That's funny. the worst. How <laughs> and do you live with that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and there used to be a, a bit that Conan O'Brien used to do even post 2000, you know, we do in the year 2000, yeah, I remember that. in the year, right. And even he was like 2008, he still did it. They had the edge show up for it. And he goes in the year 2000, in the year 2000, YouTube will reveal that they wrote the song. And I still haven't found what I'm looking for after they went to four supermarkets looking for blueberry cereal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just like this goofy little thing. I thought it yeah. was kind of funny. I was, in doing research, I came across that. I was like, that's awesome right there. So, anyhow, I still haven't found what I'm looking for as my number seven. Let's take a listen. That was my number seven. Sullivan can found what I'm looking for by you too. So Jake, what is your number seven, my friend? My seven is from a band called Depeche Mode on their album Music for the Masses. The song I went with is Strange Love. I figured. Yeah. I enjoyed Depeche Mode's work when they moved into their gloomier side and abandoned that the synth pop stuff from the earlier era. And I think like this album marks kind of when I started to pay more attention. It isn't chocked full of their best stuff, but this song, it was really good standout one. Great synth hooks and just a catchy chorus. Yeah, this was an important album for them across the board, really. The song was originally a fast song, but they had to slow it down to get into that whole music for the masses vibe. It's just a good song. That's all. I'm, I'm good. I'm not even going to go into it too much. <laughs> I end up talking too much sometimes. Believe it or not, that does happen. <laughs> anyway, let's listen to Strange Love by Depeche Mode. Make it You know, it sounds it sounds good. It's the best modi. And that was your number seven, right? That was my number seven. <laughs> All right. So what's you your are number correct. Six? What's your number six, my friend? 
My number six is one you mentioned already. Uh, that was Beds Are Burning. So I had it a little bit higher on mine um, okay. just because it, uh, to me, it was one of the, the better songs of the year. I always worry about that. Like if it's my number 12 and it's your number one. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so like, like oh. drastically, I know. <laughs> then we'll have some words. But six is kind of fine, you know. It's, yeah. But considering that it's even on the list at all, that says something, right? No doubt about it. <laughs> As a smart man used to say. All right. Now I'm going to move to a song that brought me to another band. I saw this video and I'm like, what is that? How awesome is that? And I'm a guitar player. So this is going to be a guitar song. It's by a band called the white snake. Oh yeah. It's off of their white snake album. Good. <laughs> David Coverdale does his best Robert Plant impersonation with the song. The guitar tone is amazing. It's called still of the night. No, it's a good pick. The video, Tony Katane, just saying. It's amazing. It was supposed to be Claudia Schiffer was actually supposed to play that role. Really? But whatever happened, it didn't didn't go through. David Coverdale was talking about this, and he goes, I found some early demo cassettes that Richie Blackmore and I were working on. That became the inspiration for Selena Knight. And then I gave it to John Sykes, and he put the big guitar hero stuff on it. Yeah. And it's funny that John Sykes kind of wrote the whole White Snake album, just the guitarist, one of the main guitarists, and he left the band before they actually started touring it. Mm. This is the number 27th best hard rock song of all time by VH1. I love the main riff. The tacits in the verse are amazing. Coverdale is just top notch. It's a good song and a killer album. And it was on my list too, but just kind of moved around at different different points. Because I was thinking of the, the obvious Here I Go Again, but it was recorded before. Right, right, right. It's not a true 1987 song. And then I was even just entertaining Is This Love because you know I love some power ballads. But uh, eventually, yeah, it just didn't make the list at all. So I'm yeah, glad. It was like either that or George Michael. George Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's obvious. George Michael versus Whitesnake. He had the better ballad, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it comes down to. All right. Let's listen. And it, it starts right off the bat. And you can see every guitar player who was around that time loved this intro and this song. So here's In the Still of the Night. Well, still a night by White Snake. Off of the White Snake album, my number six. Check it out, it's awesome. real quick you can tell it's influenced by zeppelin by the next i know it's, it's undeniable anyway the boeing guitar part is just amazing yeah so much so much better than what page did but i mean it's just it's like it's taking it totally from that yeah it's it's totally in that space right yeah you could tell it's just like pointing right to it but i mean oh my gosh did he nail that the the violin part with the bow and oh gosh so yeah anyway that's a good album it's amazing and obviously it's really thrown back to a lot a whole lot of love in that like breakdown obviously so all right that was my number six. So my number five is going to be an album you talked about before. Okay. But not the song you talked about before. All right. 
That's Michael Jackson. Because I figure you have to have a song from Bad on here. Yep. And it's n- not quite as good as the Alien Ant Farm version. Ah, Smooth Criminal. <laughs> I went with Smooth Criminal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's it's much better than that. <laughs> I was going to let it. Although, there's some things I like about the Alien Ant Farm version. It's just a little heavier. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I like them, I like them both. I, I almost did pick this song for my Michael Jackson song also. The groove is great. And the nuance of his little side ab libs are funny. Somehow the word sugar sugar stands out in the beginning. <laughs> he throws that in there. Like, what? What is that? I love the stabbing verse vocal delivery on the song. Uh, are you okay, Annie? Are you okay, Annie is from CPR training. It's called Resuscitate Annie is this dummy that you work on in CPR training. Trainees learn to say, Annie, are you okay? While practicing the resuscitation of the dummy in CPR training. Oh. So that's where that's from. In the video, they do this lean, oh, almost yeah. a vertical lean to the back, and then they come back up. Yeah. And cool. they wear special shoes, the dancers, that could be inserted into the pegs on the stage floor so that they could actually perform that. I love the drum hits and the musical stops, stuttering around like, you've been hit by, you've been yeah. sucked by a smooth criminal. So you don't have to listen to it anymore. I just played it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So no, you should just to... mouth all the, the instruments mouth. for us. <laughs> Rob sings the <laughs> songs for the You should do the you should record yourself doing the entire bad album just with your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that would absolutely it, it, it would find like the worst albums of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'd listen. Now the tone deaf man sings all Michael Jackson. <laughs> I bet you there's some people who would listen. Yeah, I mean, people like that guy on, uh, I don't even remember the guy's name, from American Idol of the Day. Remember that one guy who was the worst singer? And they the Asian, was, like, that Asian guy? The Asian guy. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember his name. William Hung. I don't even remember why I remember it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he put a single and everything in it. And went yeah. to, like It was in the, in the Hot 100. I had a Christmas album of his or something that you just laughed at while you listened to. But yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Anyway, let's listen to my number five, Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, Annie's not okay. Hit by a smooth criminal. It happens. <laughs> I know. It almost sounds like a Star Wars to- song too. Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a Star Wars geek. Yeah, Just, maybe for those Star Wars geeks. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was my number five. What's yours? My number five. Okay, let me look at the list here. Uh, it's a Cure song off of "Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me." And I went. I wonder which one. Let's think. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's maybe their best song, right? It's just like heaven. It's a great love song with his swooning lyrics, with his uh, eyeliner on. It's a very feel-good song, and then it's over, and it feels too short. Starts off with the signature drum intro, and then he hits that China symbol. I think it's the only symbol that he's using in the whole video. And then it just kind of introduces the other instruments one at a time. And that guitar riff, that descending line that he does, is so great. It's oh, just, yeah, yeah. It's just sweeping. It's, like, there's just something real uh, orchestrated so good, yeah. 
Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. And it starts out with a show me, show me, show me how you do that trick, the mm-hmm. one that makes me scream. I mean, the lyrics are so iconic. Robert Smith said that his the band's girlfriends hung out during the sessions, and the girls would sit on the sofa in the back in the control room and give songs marks often. So there was a lot of female input into this. So they used to call this song Shivers when they first had it in the demo mode. Oh, really? And if you ever want to check it out, people, uh, and you're really into the music side of this sort of thing, Rick Bayato has a What Makes This Song Great about Just Like Heaven, and he's a big Cure fan. So listen to that. It's a lot more technical than the stuff I would go into here. (laughs) If you like that sort of thing, check that out on YouTube. All right. So here's Just Like Heaven by The Cure. No, nah, it's a great song. And you know that the album Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me is really about their love for Gene Simmons. <laughs> Fake news. Seriously, it's probably one of their best songs. Probably the most well-known. Sure. All right. So what's your number four? I'm in number four. Yes, one I think it'll be on your list, but we'll see. I went with an obvious staple in rock and roll that Guns N' Roses album came out this year. And I debated which song to go with on the Appetite for Destruction album since it's back-to-back classic songs, right? Sure. Um, but I opted for the song that they introduced themselves with on the album, Welcome to the Jungle. It's on my list, by the way. Okay. One of the greatest hard rock songs of all time, right? It showcases, I think, each member really well. Yeah, what else could you say about the song? It's just, it's 1987 yeah. and it's it was there and it's uh, got to be here. Yeah, the title came about in one of two ways. There's two stories in Rolling Stone. Originated when Axl Rose spent a night in the Queen's schoolyard. And this guy ran up to him and goes, you're in the jungle, man. You're going to die. And then somebody else said that it was, he hitchhiked to to Los Angeles. And on the last leg, the truck driver drove him to L.A. And when Rose got out of the truck, the driver said, welcome to the jungle. Yeah. So I tend to believe the Queen's version. Because that's what Axel said. Yeah, I heard it was like a homeless guy, right? That that told him that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The epic guitar delay and then the driving hook. The MTV video for this was just totally amazing. When it hit, they, MTV did not want to play the song. There was a big push for them not to play the song. Yeah. That they were putting too much hard rock on. And they put it at the end of Headbangers Ball the first night at like 1 or 2 in the morning. And it hit and then people started requesting they requested, it. requested yeah. It blew up, and they knew it wasn't a, uh, a fake. That, And then they just kind of took it off from there. And the solo was a masterpiece. I love that Duff McKagan brings back the descending intro riff, exactly what Slash does in the beginning of the song, but mm. octaves lower when he goes through that. And the one funny thing is they used to tour with Aerosmith when they were first on the Appetite album. And when they did this song on the last show of the tour... The crew from Aerosmith dressed as dressed as uh, gorillas, and they started jumping around on stage <laughs> while they were doing <laughs> "Welcome to the Jungle." That's funny. So I always thought that was kind of funny. And uh, if you haven't noticed the uh, the album cover for Appetite is not the same album cover that originally came out for it. No, it's it's a very offensive one, isn't it? 
Yeah, because there was a and there was a lot of controversy because it was really graphic on the cover, yeah. and it looked like a robot raped a woman yep. on it. Yeah. So they had to change that, or else we couldn't get into certain stores. Wasn't it in like the the liner notes? I think if you open it up, you could see the picture. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is currently, but that used to be on the front cover. Yeah. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about the song or about Appetite for Destruction or Guns N' Roses, period, we did uh, Guns N' Roses in episode 12. Mm -hmm. So check that out if you're into that sort of thing. Let's listen to Welcome to the Jungle. Jake's number four, just barely beating out George Michael. (laughs) All right, let's listen. Welcome to the jungle. People don't remember the big difference that Guns N' Roses was at that point in time. There was the other rock bands were all the pretty girls. Well, the guys dressed up like pretty girls. Yeah. From Poison. Poison, to, yeah. Uh, With the hairspray and, and the makeup. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, bon Jovi. The whole crew. And it was all the big hair metal and yeah. Motley Crue to some degree, too. And they came out. Guns N' Roses were just these guys playing. And I guess the only other people who were doing that sort of thing were in the, the heavy metal space, like Metallica when they were playing in L.A. and stuff. They were pretty much jeans and T-shirts. Okay, my number four is, well, it was one of those rock songs that girls loved as well. And it's very memorable. It's by a band called Def Leppard, which we talked about in episode six right. of our podcast, by the way. The album is Hysteria. And my number four song is Pour Some Sugar On Me. It was just huge. And it really saved Hysteria, the album. Uh, what I mean by that is Hysteria was the most expensive album at that time ever made. In fact, they had to sell five million copies of the album for them just to break even. But they had only sold one or two by the time they left the U.S. and went over to, to Europe. And the next thing you know is the strippers were playing this song back in the good old US of A. Right. And then the radio stations heard it from the guys that went and saw the show, and then it just started blowing up. And the album ended up selling 20 million copies, blowing way past the 5 million they needed to break even. They took two years to make Hysteria, and this song was the last song they added to the album. This song, Joe Elliott, was sitting on the couch trying to figure, play something real quick. After the entire album was done, Two years of making an album through multiple producers, through a drummer losing an arm, through a bunch of craziness. And it's finally done in the can. And he starts, he's just strumming something. And Mutt Lang went over and he's like, what is that? He's like, oh my God, we have to record that. Let's record that now. The guys came back. The guys were out for lunch when he was just playing it. And they came back. He said, oh, you know, they're ready to pack up and leave. Right. He's like. No, we have to record this one more song. Yeah. And they're like, what? What are you kidding me? No. And then they, he played it for him, and they're like, oh my gosh, that's great. Let's do it. And they banged the whole song out in two days after the rest of the album took two years. Yeah, right. They put it out, and that's their big one. Oh, one more thing. They actually asked Elliot in an interview if he actually poured sugar on anybody. And he goes, this is the quote. I think we once had a competition backstage to actually pour a pound of sugar over some poor girl's head who had been saturated in hottish water. 
And she seemed to enjoy it from what I can remember. So, <laughs> so it actually did. Yeah, I remember I always loved the tone of Phil Collins' guitar. Not Phil Collins, the drummer from Genesis. Yeah, Genesis. But Phil Collins, the guitarist yeah. for Def Leppard. <laughs> when you talk about his guitar, you're saying Phil Collins' guitar. Anyway, it was amazing. The big chords in the chorus, so good. The layering and production, Mastery of Mutt Lang is on display, even in the two days he did it. And it was just such a big song. And I remember the girls just really loved this song. And it truly got them listening to hard rock. It's amazing how they pulled that off. Yeah, that is that band that kind of had a little bit of everything for everyone. Didn't make my list, but I'm glad it made yours. Okay, here's my number four. Pour some sugar on me. Def Leppard. All right, pour some sugar on me. My number four. My number three is by a band we also covered in one of our podcasts, and it's my other Australian band. <laughs> our third podcast ever was with this band. It's Four Letters in Excess, yeah. and they came out with Kick that year. There was a handful of songs I could have went with, but I decided to go with New Sensation. Mm. I love the looping guitar in, in the verse. It's truly infectious. It bebops around in your head when I listen to it. I can't not move my head. The guitar hook in the chorus is highlighted by those horns, which is really awesome. The sun comes out like a god into our room. The lyrics are fantastic. It's hard to believe that the record label, when they first heard Kick, hated it. They actually said, here's a million dollars. Tell them to go and re-record it with new songs. Which is <laughs> yeah. junk. It's crazy. So the band and its management said, screw that. And they went and they guerrilla marketed directly to the college radio stations in the U.S. And they went to every college radio station in the U.S. and pushed this song. And it blew up. Uh, it, it's interesting that there's a part in it before the saxophone part. Michael Hutchins yells trumpet right before it's played. That's because there was this argument that occurred while they were recording the track. Tim Ferriss wanted to play trumpet on the track, but... Penn Gilly overruled him and got his sax solo. So he was kind of making a joke. Oh. So he said, trumpet. I don't <laughs> right think before. I ever picked up on that. Yeah, it's not in the video because they cut it from the video because it didn't make sense when you see it. But that was there. So <laughs> any thoughts on New Sensation? Are we good? I love that song. I love this album and band so much. And I struggled with which song to pick. And I didn't go with, with that one, but that was in my mind as, as one of the picks. And I'm sure it's on your list somewhere, but it's not New Sensation, which means you picked the wrong one, but that's okay. <laughs> my number three, New Sensation by In Excess. <laughs> No, it's fantastic. Yep. Love it. If anybody likes In Excess, on Amazon Prime, they have a docudrama called Never Tear Us Apart, the In Excess story. It's in two parts. Really worthwhile. Totally. Just saying. One of my faves. All right. That's my number three. So what's your number three, my friend? All right. My number three 
It's a band called R.E.M. off the Document album. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked a song that's maybe more poignant for 2020, and it's it's the end of the world as we know it. It's on my list, by the way. Yeah, I had a feeling <laughs> it, it would. It should, right? Because, I mean, the song is, is such a well-known one. It's such a staple that it can't be passed over. It's It's like bouncy and happy and really weird lyrically. I think he was saying it was like a collection of of streams of consciousness and a a dream he had. There was like a room full of people with the initials LB, which is why there's like Leonard Bernstein, like all these. So it's just really just the song itself is cool. But then you find all these layers of of what makes it even cooler and more bizarre. And it's just it's just fascinating. So then there's the odd video with the, the skateboarding kid and that just that dilapidated house. and That's because Stipe wouldn't lip sync even in a music video. Oh, yeah. He did later. At that point, he didn't. He kind of yeah. learned the error of his ways. Yeah. But that's why they had the kid doing it. And to your point, it's poignancy today. I think the plays on Spotify went up 48% around March of this year. <laughs> yeah, I read that it received an increase in downloads in March. Yeah. Skyrocketed. So yeah. it's uh, with Corona. This is listened to later. And uh, coronavirus is this virus that came out. I'm sure everybody knows that in the future. Yeah, it's what I got in my nose right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope not. I hope it's not. But I, if it is, I hope you get over it quickly and it doesn't hit you hard. Love the rapid delivery from Stipe. The chorus is iconic and gives everybody a chance to sing along after that barrage of words hit them. Then it's the end of the world. Everybody can sing that part. Yeah. Right? Right. Right. <laughs> That's a great right. lyric, too. <laughs> All right, let's listen to It's the End of the World as We Know It. So what's your number two? Number two, it's a band you already mentioned, Joshua Tree's U2, but I went with Where the Streets Have No Name. And it was another album that's hard to pick that just one song. Sure. But I did settle on this one. And I think sometimes these opening songs are the best representation kind of of the album itself. Um, But just it's such a good song. It starts with that that synth, you know, at the beginning and then that delay that we're talking about, that effect on the guitar. And the song kind of builds and builds and then it just sweeps in and, and takes off. So it's just always been one of my my favorites of theirs. And the video also is pretty cool with them playing on that the roof in L.A. And they got shut down. It was a whole big, big ordeal. So I just thought it was a really important song for all those reasons. Yeah, it reminded me of the Beatles when they used when they played on top yeah. of the uh, rooftop in London. Very good. And it's very L.A. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Where the Streets Have No Name. Fantastic song. Obviously, didn't make my list because I went to, for the other song for mm-hmm. the album. Because we're limited to one per album. So, Where the Streets Have No Name, Jake's number two. Let's listen.
Oh, I had to do that once. <laughs> I was going to say, how long have you been planning that one? <laughs> I was waiting for the right song, and I said that was great because the build, the build, the build. That was good. Like... That was good. Did you see my eyes open? <laughs> I done got Rick rolled. I wanna tear down the walls and hold me inside. I wanna reach out and touch the flame where the sheets have no name. No, good tune. Yeah. Okay. So my number two is I'm the Man by Anthrax. Just kidding. Oh, I was going to say, wow. <laughs> Throw a wrench in there. No. My number two is Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses, mm -hmm. which you said before. And my number one is It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M., ah. which you said. So, but uh, what's thing. your number one? <laughs> my number one was uh, an NXS song, obviously, because it's, like I said, it's love laughed, right? dumb so much. And I I struggle with the song to pick, but I went with the obvious just because I feel like you have to. It's their signature song. It's just the best song to come out of 1987, and it's Need the You Tonight. Second best. <laughs> it's, uh, second best. Need You Tonight. <laughs> Number one. Take a vote. <laughs> All right. There was, uh, a lot yeah. of, uh, there was a lot of lining up there, though. I think there was some variances, but um, that's pretty I think good. We, we aligned with the albums that we liked. Mm-hmm. From the years, it's not specifically the songs off of the albums. There were sure. some. Welcome to the Jungle, End of the World as We Know It. Yeah. Beds Are Burning, and Touch of Grey. So yeah. we had four, which is pretty much You called story. it, yeah. You didn't have uh, Johnny B on there. I could, no. Anyway, Need You Tonight, great song. I actually thought, if I would guess which one you would go for, I thought you'd go for Devil Inside or... Yeah, I love it, Yeah. Good. There's so much good Like stuff I said, I just had to go with what I felt was like their it's their signature song. Like, you know, they have Do I have to, to play, play Mediate too? Is that is that what you want me to do? Uh no, you don't have to. You can't you can't play Mediate without Need You Tonight, but you can play Need You Tonight without Mediate. Without Mediate. That's okay. the rules. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Fantastic song. Need You Tonight in Excess, one of my favorite bands, just yeah. like yours. So let's listen. And once again, episode three. If you want to listen, we're you know, feeding your appetite for NXS. You're like, oh my gosh, I haven't listened to them forever. <laughs> Go to episode three of our podcast and you'll love it. All right. So, need you tonight. Jake's, this is your number one. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Everybody does, yeah, that's okay, yeah. So, slide over here and give me a moment. Your moves are so raw. I've got to let you know. I've got to let you know. good stuff yeah all right we're done look at that that was a good one yeah it's a really good year um yeah there's so much in there that's one of my favorite song like a bunch of songs let's just go through a couple things that we didn't make our list that were close aerosmith's album permanent vacation oh, yeah. a bunch of songs on yeah, there that's that's right anthrax one of my favorite anthrax albums among the living i was kidding before i'm the man uh although i did like that song in a weird sort of way in a goofy way. Um, uh, you know, Faith No More had We Care A Lot, but that's really yeah. going to hit that. Totally. Melon Camp, uh, Lonesome Jubilee. Yeah. Which I know you liked uh, Paper and Fire and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Midnight Blue by Lou Graham was a great song. Come As You Are, which isn't, you can't even find it, streamable by Peter Wolf. 
from Jay Giles. Mm. He did that. I just remember watching him jump around all the time and suicidal tendencies. Yeah. Join the army and stuff like that. Luca by Suzanne Vega. Yeah. I almost said that one too. Yeah. That was like on my fringe too. Jamming me by Tom Petty. Yeah. You um, like that. You like that one a lot. I remember. Yeah. Wait by White Line. Just kidding. No, that's a good one. It's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston and uh, mm-hmm. Burning Like a Flame by Dawkins. Which, which is one of my favorite Dawkins songs, but I just couldn't figure out how to make it. Uh, Surfing with the Alien by Joe Satriani. Yeah. That's... Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. I almost did Learning you know, to Fly. Uh, uh, yeah, Learning to Fly and On the Turning Away. Yeah. Just fantastic songs. Yeah, I love David Gilmore. The Smiths we didn't talk about. Uh, Bruce Springsteen had a couple songs uh, yeah. from a pop thing. Uh, Naughty Girls Need Love Too by Samantha Fox. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Ramones, you know, I Want to Live and stuff like that. I hate Ramones. Uh, really? Yeah. I, I, I like a lot of remotes. I'm Bad by LL Cool J, which is another song I can rap the whole thing to. There was a lot of uh, interesting rap around this time, too, I was noticing. Yep. Uh, Wild Wild West by Cool Modi, right? M.O.D. Yeah. Don't Feed the Bears. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that was me scrolling. Madonna had a really big gear. I could never put right. it on my list, but that's just me personally. Uh, Bruce Willis, come on. Coming right up, Young Blood, Respect Yourself. Come on, that's great. Oh, one of my favorite albums by Makeup Free Kiss, which is Crazy Crazy uh, Nights. Yeah. Which I couldn't see it possible. The only thing I could maybe have made it was my song of note, but Rhythm is Gonna Get You by Gloria Estefan. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too. Skinny Puppy, just always. Mm-hmm. Always the thing. That was it, oh. one of the more obscure ones. I was like, wow, that came out around this time. Warlock. All We Are. Yeah. That is a great song. And it's, it's just one of those songs that you don't think of as them. And La Bamba. Oh, I mean, yeah. There, there's, there's a bunch of stuff. Anyway, I digress. You digress. We all digress. All yeah. right, Jake, what's your, uh, let's remind everybody what your top 12 was and your song of note. All right, let me consult the list here. You want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. My song of note was Johnny B by the Hooters. My number 12 was Touch of Grey by the Grateful Dead. Beds Are Burning, number 11, by Midnight Oil. Number 10, Girls, 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 by Motley Crue. Number 9, Alone, by Heart. Number 8, Hazy Shade of Winter, by The Bangles. Number 7, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, by U2. Number 6, Still in the Night, by Whitesnake. Number 5, Smooth Criminal, by Michael Jackson. Number 4, Pour Some Sugar on Me, by Def Leppard. Number three, New Sensation by NXS. Number two, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. And number one, It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. So, what's yours? Uh, My song A Note is a one-second song called You Suffer by Napalm Death. I recommend you listen to it like 30 times in a row. Uh, Number 12, Michael Jackson's song The Way You Make Me Feel. 11 is Touch of Grey by The Grateful Dead. Then 10 is Love Removal Machine by The Cult. Number 9 is Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley, which you heard me get Rickrolled personally by, uh, by Robbie here. Number 8 is Faith, the George Michael song. Number 7, Strange Love by Depeche Mode. 6 is Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil. 5 is Just Like Heaven by The Cure. 4 is Welcome to the Jungle, the GNR song. 3 is It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M., Two is What She Said No Name by U2. And number one song of 1987, Need You Tonight by NXS. 
Very good. So thank you, Jake, for coming through your illness. And if yeah. you heard Jake, he's a little stuffed and he's been sick. And uh, that's why we've kind of delayed this episode a little bit. Uh, it'll be out um, on a Friday, which Friday that is. I'm not sure. Probably <laughs> a week from Friday uh, when we're recording it. But just because he has to get this stuff to me, um, which is good. And next week you will have... We'll have 87 this week, we'll have 86 the next week, then 85 two weeks after that. Nice. And then we're going to be back on our normal every other week schedule, which will be good. Jake, get better, man. Get decovitized. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good word. Uh, prayers for you and your family with the sickness and everything. Thank you, buddy. And um, thank everybody for, for being a part of this. Like this on your podcast if you can, whatever you listen to on. That's great. Uh, subscribe if you haven't. Great. Tell tell friends if you like this podcast. Everybody, if you know somebody else who was alive in 1987 or any time in the 80s, you know, point to a year and say, check this out. This is pretty <laughs> cool. And it brings you back. So it brought me back and it brought little baby Jake back too. <laughs> <laughs> so it all is, is wonderful. And we're going to go right through the 80s. Uh, this is 87, next week's 86, 85, 84, 83, 82, 81, 80. And then we'll do a wrap-up show, and that'll be our season. And then next year, we're going to come back and do our uh, next season, whatever that whatever is. Whatever it is. Probably around February-ish. <laughs> so we'll, so this will go through probably November with the wrap-up show, and then we'll have a couple months off, and then we'll come back in February. So it should be fun. Let us know. We're I think we're going to go back to this traditional band for a season so if there's a band that you want us a full episode on a specific band let us know for next season so we can start filling that up all right so thanks so much for being a part of this podcast and the community check us out on our facebook page which there's a link to on www.dirtydozenpodcast.com uh, so check that out and check out all the goodies and the playlists and especially around the 80s so anyway, uh, thank you for being a part of this podcast and us. See you soon. Bye-bye.